One day, Elisha returned to Shunem. And he went up to this upper room to rest. Now, let me just stop right there really quick. There is a wealthy family that found out that the prophet Elisha was going back and forth doing ministry. So what they did as a gift to the man of God is they literally built a casita, okay? They built a, a, a room on their home to house the man of God. So anytime he needed a place to rest, he had a place to rest. So they, they made a room for the prophet, okay? And if you, if you highlight your Bible or graffiti your Bible or, or write notes, I would just right off the bat just say, make room for God, okay? I would write that down. Make the, she made room for the voice of God, okay? So he said to his servant, tell this woman from Shunem, I want to talk to her. And so when she got up, Elisha said to Gehazi, tell her we appreciate the kind concern you've shown us. What can we do for you? Can we put in a good word for you with the king or commander of the army? And she replied, no, my family takes good care of me. And later Elisha asked Gehazi, what can we do for her? And Gehazi replied, she doesn't have a son and her husband is old. So he said, call her back. And Elisha told him when the woman returned, Elisha said to her as she stood at the doorway. So she built a room and now she's in that room. Just think about this. She built a room. Now she's in that room. And now a prophetic word is released. Next year at this time, you're going to be holding a son in your arms. And look what she says. No, my Lord, she cried. Oh, man of God, don't deceive me and get my hopes up like that. But sure enough, the woman soon became pregnant. And by the way, I think this church is a very, it's going to be a very positive church and faith-filled church. And sometimes you're going to hear me say things and you're literally going to roll your eyes and go, oh my gosh, Jabin, don't get our hopes up. But I want to tell you, get your hopes up. Because the gospel is good news, not bad news. And God has a good plan for your future. Amen. And so, um, so he said that, and, and uh, sure enough, it happened. The woman became pregnant. And at that time, the following year, she had a son, just as Elisha said. Elisha said, and one day when her child was older, he went out to help his father, who was working with the harvesters. And suddenly he cried out, my, my head hurts, my head hurts. And his father said to one of his servants, man, this is such a husband right here. Get him to his mom. <laughs> like, is that so not a dad thing to do? Like, go, go to your mom. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> Every time Goldie falls, I'm like, Shan, <laughs> you know. So the servant took him home to his mother. I'm just going to get some of you to laugh tonight in Jesus' name. Held him on her lap, but around noon he died. So now the promise she received has now died, and she carried him up. But look what she does. Just catch this, verse 21. She doesn't bury him. She doesn't bury him. She carries him up and laid him on the bed of the man of God. She brings him back to the place where she first received the word. And she shut the door. Man, I love that. There's just so much here. She shut the door. And then she sent a message to her husband. Basically, she's saying, I'm going to go talk to the man of God. And he basically fights her, but she goes, no, I got to go talk to him. Verse 25, she approached the man of God at Mount Carmel. And Elisha saw her in the distance. And he said to Gehazi, look, the woman from Shunem is coming. Run out to meet her and ask her, is everything all right with you, your husband, and your child? Yes, the woman of God told Gehazi. Think about this. 
She's like, yep, everything's great. In one translation, it says, it is well. So he's dead, but she's saying it is well. The boy is dead, and she's saying everything's all right. Now, that's not denial. It's faith. Okay? When Elisha arrived, uh, this is now verse 32. So basically, she, go, she goes to the man of God and says, I need you to come back to the house. This boy died. Verse 32, Elisha arrived and the child was indeed dead, lying there on the prophet's bed. And he went in alone and shut the door behind him and prayed to the Lord. Then he lay down on the child's body. Think about this. He laid on the child's body, placing his mouth on the child's mouth, eyes on the child's eyes, hands on the child's hands. And he stretched out on him and the child's body began to grow warm again. So Elisha got up. He walked back and forth across the room. Man, and, and, and if, you've, if you've served God long enough, you know you've had moments in, in your room where you're walking back and forth. You're believing God for a promise. It, it's dead, but something is getting warmer. Something's happening. Something's changing. Something's, something's moving. Something's happening. And he's walking. He's believing God. And he went in and laid on the child again. And this time, the boy sneezed seven times. And open his eyes. People ask me all the time, Jabin, why did the boy sneeze? I have no idea. <laughs> and he opened his eyes. Um, write this down if you're taking notes tonight. Build a room and watch God move. Build a room and watch God move. Build a room and watch God move. I, I'm, I'm really talking to our core tonight who, who feels like city light is your home and I'm probably your pastor and we're about to do something great in this city. And I want to tell you, this is how I live my life. I build a room. I make room for God. And then I watch God move. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this moment. I I pray that every one of us would build a room for the voice of heaven to begin to speak into our life. And then we would just watch you move. Thank you for it in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen. I want you to catch this, that uh, the room was built. I I just want you to get this in your heart tonight. And And if you're taking notes, she built a room of faithfulness. So before the prophet ever got there and before the word was ever given, the room was already there. Seed was already in the ground. Don't wait until all hell has broken loose in your life. And then it's like, ah, I need God. (laughs) Build a room. Build a place for heaven and earth to meet in your life. Build a room of faithfulness. Build a room, I would say this, build a room of consistency. Let me just get super, like, practical with you. Build a room of daily Bible reading. I know like no amens, right? Because you're like, I already know all this, Jabin. I read the Bible in Hebrew. Well, for the rest of you. <laughs> don't, don't underestimate daily prayer, daily worship, daily reading your Bible. Get you a one-year Bible reading plan. And you know what? If you haven't read it in three weeks and you're like, OMG, I'm looking at 60 chapters. What do I do? Just start wherever you're supposed to start today and get back on it. And get in the word 
and find a translation you understand and read it and do your best to read the word. Do your best to pray. Do your best that when you get in the car, maybe just before you turn on the news or before you turn on whoever you listen to or whatever you like, maybe before all that, maybe just for a moment, just get a little praise and worship going in your car. Build a room. Uh, you can actually, if you get the version app of your Bible, you can literally just throw that on right in your car and listen to the word in the car. And, you know, sometimes when you read the word, let me just say this, because I really want us to be a Bible people. Sometimes you put all that word in you and uh, are y'all like me where you read your, you know, your daily Bible reading and you finish it 20 minutes later, 10 minutes later, whatever it is. And you go, what the heck did I just read? <laughs> okay. Amen. All right. So we're all on the same page, but you never know because one day you need to pray or one day you're believing God for something or one day. And all of a sudden those scriptures start coming back to you. So it, it just, it just gets in you because we believe the Bible is supernatural. So we believe that something is happening on a greater level than just feeding our mind. We actually believe it's washing our soul. This is what the apostle Paul said. He said, wash yourself with the reading of God's word. So God's word is water to our soul. Listen, friend, build a room, build a room of consistency, build a room of faithfulness. Now I understand this isn't like fancy preaching or, or like epic preaching, but you know, we're not going to reach this city by just the spectacular. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to reach this city the same way you build a room, brick by brick, nail by nail. Come on, somebody. Paintbrush by paint stroke, little by little. The, the book of Isaiah actually says that here a little, there a little. Just a little bit at a time. That's how we're going to do this. That's how we're going to reach this city. One soul at a time. One person at a time. I don't, I don't want to live a spectacular life because spectacular lives get really tiring. And I think even maybe for some of you, you're going, well, Javen, I really like the Smith Center, but this is kind of, uh, but hear me. First of all, we can't afford the Smith Center every week unless you're a millionaire and you want to pay for it. Okay, because that was a miracle, by the way, how that even happened. This is how, this is how we're going to build this thing. Monday after Monday, talking culture, talking faith. Believing God, little by little, here a little there, brick by brick. And by the way, that's how you're going to build your life. It, this is how it happens, right? It's day by day process. They, they built a room and then they waited for God to fill it. Huh. And in this case, they used what they had to build Elisha a room. I want you to notice this. They didn't build him a house because they couldn't afford a house, but they could afford a room. Do what you can do. Help where you can help. Use your gift. Use your call. Use your faith. Use your anointing. Use your prayers. You know, like if, you know, we've been talking about how we pray on Mondays and we pray every Monday. And for me, that means I pray and I fast on Monday, but I, I can do that. Maybe you can't do that. But maybe you can just take 10 minutes and just pray with faith for 10 minutes for our church. Maybe it's 30 minutes and you just pray with faith for our church and for our community and for our city. And maybe that's what you can do. Do what you can do. And then God will do what only he can do. And let me just say this. She made a place 
for God's voice to be heard. Do you have a place where God can speak to you? I want to build a church where people can hear the voice of God through the preaching, through the worship, through the love of a person, through the handshake of a person, through the looking at someone right dead in the eye and just say, man, I'm so glad you're here. Come on, I want to build a place where the voice of God can be heard and we must build a place in our own life as believers where the voice of God can be heard in our life. She made a space. She made a place. She made room. Everybody say make room. Say a little bit louder. Come on, say make room. Elbow your neighbor like you're a little bit mad at him. Tell him make room. All right, all right, all right, all right. Be nice. Make room. And I'll tell you this. If you'll make room, the same thing that happened for this woman will happen for you. And here's what happened. She made room. And then verse 11, we get into our text. One day, Elisha showed up. One day, boom, God gives you an idea for your business. Man, I'm sorry. I got a little excited. Relax, Jabin. Keep it cool. One day, God gives you a strategy for your marriage. One day, God helps you with that crazy teenager that you don't know what to do with. And you've tried everything. But you've been making room. And then one day, the Holy Spirit just goes, try this. Because, see, the prophet in the Old Testament literally represented the voice of God in the earth. But in the New Covenant, we don't live by a prophet. We live by the Holy Spirit. So now what Elisha was in one place at one time, the Holy Spirit is to every believer. And if we'll make room, the Holy Spirit will start talking to you. And he'll tell you how to do that thing. And he'll tell you how to, how to live this next season of your life. And he'll tell you how to make these decisions. And he'll tell you how to love that person. He'll give you a strategy on, on how to forgive that person. He'll, I'm just telling you, if you'll make room, eventually Elisha will show up. If you'll make room, eventually the Holy Spirit will begin to speak. And I don't know when that day is. I don't know when that moment is. I just know that I live a life of consistency, making room for God. And then every time I need it, that word shows up. The wind begins to blow. Come on, if you heard last week. You start having those God moments at the right time, at the right place, and the Holy Spirit will begin to check your heart. The Holy Spirit will begin to talk to you. The Holy Spirit will begin to lead and guide you. The voice of God will begin to talk to you. And a normal day can become a supernatural day. And a Monday can just become a a God day. And you you just never know. A normal drive to work can become the moment that the Holy Spirit drops something on you so real and so life-changing for your destiny. Come on, y'all, make room. And let me tell you why we're going to do church. Let me tell you why we're going to do it well. Because every week, we're going to make room for people to come in. And they can have their Holy Spirit one day. They can have their Holy Ghost encounter. They can have their moment. And that's why, that's why we can't be grumpy when we come to church, whenever we begin to serve in January. And by the way, that's why none of you are really serving right now. You know, a lot of you are like, I'm ready to serve. And I'm, I'm just trying to, get, I'm trying to get the way I think on you on these Monday nights. Amen. Does that make sense? So that when we go into January, we all kind of know what we're thinking so that... You're not like a mean child worker throwing, you know, uh, 
you know, cheese it at kids. You know, it's like, we don't do that, bro. So I'm, that's why I'm really trying to get my, my, my spirit on you. Okay. I'm trying to get my mentality on you. Cause I want you to think this way. This is why Sundays are going to be, this is why every Sunday I promise you, I'm going to come in prayed up and studied up and full of the Holy spirit and full of the word of God. And I'm, I'm going to be faithful to my wife. I'm going to be faithful to my family. I'm going to be faithful to God. Why? Because someone is going to show up in a room that we build. And I don't know yet if that room is going to be a lease building. I don't know if that room is going to be a miracle building. I don't know if that room is going to be a high school auditorium or a junior high cafeteria. But friend, every Sunday we're going to build a room for God. And people are going to be able to come in. And that's why, that's why our greeters are going to be so friendly and so wonderful. We're going to make sure you're really caffeinated. We're going to get, a, we're going to get some carbs in you, okay, so you're happy and you're not missing your sugar. And we're going to make sure that our security teams are, are awesome and on point. We're going to make sure that our ushers are ushing well. And we're going to make sure that we only have people in kids ministry that really do love the next generation and really do care about that. And come on, and we're going to make sure we got parking lot people that just have a suit that are really, really saved. Because you got to be really, really saved to do that. And we're going to make sure that our musicians come in and they know their parts and they know their songs and they know their music. And we're going to make sure the guy on the lyrics is excellent and the sound is excellent and everything is excellent. Why? Because we're building this room. And then a, a lost soul is going to come in. And you know what? We will rejoice with heaven. Let me tell you why. Because we put in a lot of work. So I'm never going to have to be like, oh, come on. The Bible says if one rejoices, you know, if one gets saved, all oh, heaven, we're already going to be like, ah, because we, we got here at 5 a.m. to make it happen. Some of you are like, I don't know if I signed up for that. Yes, you did. You're here. You're stuck. So we will be faithful to build. I just want you to know this. And I, it, it kind of depends on your church background and what you've been in. I feel zero pressure to come in on a Sunday and wow you. Or to entertain you. But I do feel the pressure to build you. But that might mean brick by brick. Point by point. Little here. Little there. And we're just going to build. Because I don't want to do this for one year. I want to do this for the rest of my life. So we're going to build a pace. And we're going to build We're going to build a space. And, and, it, and it may not. I may not be as exciting as your last church. that's okay. Cause, cause we're going for something beyond just making sure that I get you hyped up for your week. But we as a team are building a room. Number one for the Holy spirit. Number two, for people to come in and receive from the Holy spirit. Can I get an amen? Everybody. Huh? And, uh, the Holy spirit will ask the same question that Elisha asked verse 13. What do you need? Let's just talk about it for a second. What do you need? You got a prayer list? You know, I got a prayer list on my phone. And I go through my prayer list. And then whenever I get an answer to prayer, I put the little clappy emoji. <laughs> my brother and sister-in-law, Amber and, Amber and Jesse, they, be, they believed for years and years and years to have a baby. Years and years. And they just had little Zoe. And you know what? It was so fun to just put that little emoji. I got this other, uh, other friend, Rich and Dontree Wilkerson in Miami. They've been believing for years and years and years and years to have a baby. They're on my prayer list. I got to put my little emoji. 
You got a prayer list? Because God is asking, what do you need? But are you answering him? Because it doesn't matter if he asks. It really answers if you, it really matters if you answer. Because this is how prayer works. God asks, what do you need? You answer what you need. God answers your need. God says, what do you need? I say, I need this, this, and this. God begins to answer prayer. But have you began to communicate your need to God? I want to I go so old school with you. Get a prayer list again. Don't get legalistic about it. You might miss a day here or there. But you know what? Every once in a while, just get a little dream list. Man, I'd like to be making this much. I'm believing this for our family. I'm hoping we can be able to do this. I have a dream for, get, get you a prayer list. And it, it's not just, you know, pray for mom, pray for dad, you know, those kind of things. It's get a, get, throw a few wants in there. I would love a car that isn't held together by Christian bumper stickers. I would love to live in a neighborhood that doesn't have gunshots. I don't know what yours is. Throw some of those in there. You know, I believe God has a safe neighborhood for you and your family. Hello? I believe God can give you a reliable vehicle. Throw those in there. That God has a plan for your family. Get those in there. And maybe if you don't have a dream right now, put that in your prayer list. God, give me a dream. God will do it. God will do it. God will do it. And... They finally have this conversation about her son. And he says, by this time next year, you're going to have a baby. Because I really do believe that what God can do in a year, it's so unbelievable. Like, think about this. As, as much as I just talked about process and brick by brick and here a little, here a little, here a little, day by day. What God can do in your life in a year. Other religions will tell you, you give your whole life. To that thing and maybe one day you'll reach something or maybe one day you'll get to an enlightenment or maybe one day and 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 men and women will give their whole life to it think about just like pastor mitch knows this he's been serving god for for so long just that was that wasn't a, i wasn't saying you're old i was saying well are you 34 33 i'm 34 you're 33 okay yeah Pastor Mitch, you know this to be true. Just you just give your life to the word for a year and you're different. Three months of focus and you're different. By this time, who could you be by this time next year? Come on, somebody. I want us to believe for that. Where are we going to be in a year? Oh, I can't wait to see. Where are you going to be in a year? I can't wait to see. But But again, we live... And I feel really old talking like this, but we really do. We live in a microwave generation. And that's just not how God does it. God doesn't zap it. He really is a crock pot kind of God. He really is a slow roasted kind of God. Ain't it true? But, but even his long process, like even Joseph, that's only 13 years. Even Job was only, I think, a few months that he went through what he went through. Like, just think about, like, you know, we talk about Job. Blah, blah. It was such a short little moment. 
I mean, y'all, what God can do in your life in a year, what God can do with our church in a year, what God can do with your business in a year, what God can do in your marriage in a year, if you'll just make room. Just make room. Can you say that again? Say make room. Make room. Well, she receives her miracle and she has this beautiful baby. And, um, he's now out serving with his father. And I want you to notice this. They're out harvesting. Uh, theologians tell you that he was at least 12 years old when he died because that's the age when boys were becoming men and they began to serve with their father. So we don't know how old he was, but we know he was at least 12. Now, they've gone 12 healthy years, at least 12, and now at about 12 years old, he's serving with his dad, and he gets sick. And I want you to notice where he gets sick and where he dies. He dies in the harvest field. I just want you to catch this. Because anytime God is trying to bring great harvest into your life, usually the enemy will try to attack that and stop that. So maybe the attack right now that's going on in your life has nothing to do with the things you've done wrong. (laughs) Maybe it's because you've actually reached a level of maturity and you're actually beginning to harvest. Or God's about to bring great harvest. So the enemy's trying to distract and discourage and deter you from walking in everything God has for you. So now when I begin to feel the, ah, just the, the, weirdness of the enemy trying to attack me or discourage me. I just know harvest is all around me. I just know I'm in a field of harvest. And by the way, friend, there is a harvest in this city. The sixth most unchurched city in America. Nobody's going to church and make very few. There is, there is room, not just for our church. There is room for hundreds and hundreds and a need for hundreds and hundreds of more churches in this city. We need it. Our city needs our city needs more churches. And friend, I just want to tell you, there is a great harvest in front of us. And don't be discouraged by a little fight. Don't be discouraged by a little bit of warfare. Don't be discouraged by, by an attack of the enemy. You keep pressing through because God has harvest for you. God has good days for you. And I want you to notice, this time when the boy dies, uh, they ask her, they go, everything good? And she doesn't go, no, he's dead. I don't know what to do. She goes, It is well. Because she was able to look back on her last miracle and say, God was so faithful to give me this son. And I don't think he gave me this son just to let me lose this son. I don't think God has done all he's done in your life just to let you stay where you are right now. I think there's greater for you. Come on. I think there's greater for your future. Don't you dare believe the lie of the enemy that your greatest days are behind you. And I'm not just talking about in any way. I'm talking about spiritually. I'm talking about financially. I'm talking about physically. I'm talking about for, for your marriage. I'm talking about for your relationships. Don't, don't believe the lie of the enemy that it's over. That you've done the best you could do. And now you're just going to coast until you die. No, 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 no. There's harvest for you. There's reaping for you. There are good days in front of you in every area of your life. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just telling y'all. And her response is different, and she grabs that boy. And she takes him back to the upper room. Say, but what do I do with disappointment? What do I do with a dying situation? What do I do with a failed dream? What do I do in a hopeless situation? You go back to the upper room. 
Oh, the upper room. The place of intimacy with Jesus. The Last Supper. John 14, 15, 16. The upper room. The place of encounter with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2. Where there was a sound of a mighty rushing wind and tongues like fire. And they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. The upper room. Friend, you've you got to have an upper room. And when you're disappointed and when you're facing a tough situation, you don't just run to Facebook, you run to your upper room. You don't just run to social media, you run to your upper room. You don't just, you don't just call your friend who's going to panic with you. You go to your upper room. Friend, we've got to have an upper room. And by the way, our church will always have an upper room. We will always have a place for people to encounter the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to notice this. She did not bury the boy. She did not lay him to rest because she was at rest. She laid him down on that bed. She said, God, this is where this boy's life started as a prophetic word. And this is where this boy is going to be revived with another prophetic word. And she lays him down on the bed of the prophet. She lays him down in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And she says, God, I know you can do something here. And I, I've just come to tell somebody, don't, don't you dare bury that dream. I don't know who I'm talking to. Don't bury that promise. Don't give up hope. Some of you have said, those were my best days and I'll never have days that good again. And you're, and you're tempted to bury. Don't you dare bury. Don't you do it. And she laid him down. And I love what she does. This is just like a little bit of attitude, I think. She just slams the door. I just love that. Like, God, <laughs> this, is, this is you, Jesus. <laughs> Whack! Shuts that door. It was a sign of trust. It was, it was shutting the door on doubt. And shutting the door on unbelief. And shutting the door on fear. She, she, let, she, she gave that thing back to God. And she shut the door as an act of trust. Maybe there's some doors you need to shut in your life. Maybe there's some things you maybe there's some seasons you need to close. Maybe there's some things you need to just say, I'm done with that. Shut that door and trust God. And she gets to the prophet. Verse 34. Elisha. Goes to that boy. And the Bible said he stretched out on him. I want you to see the cross. I want you to see Jesus. Fully committed. To this boy's life. She. He lays there and he. Hand to hand. Eye to eye. Mouth to mouth. Nose to nose. Heart to heart. Stretches out over this boy. And life begins to enter him. I just want to tell you. When Jesus stretched out on the cross. He stretched out over your life. Over your future. He came eye to eye with you. Mouth to mouth with you. Hand to hand with you. He became sin. We might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He took your place. He died your death. Conquered your enemy. Sealed your victory. 
What you could not do, he did. Face to face. Not intimidated, face to face. Not grossed out, hand to hand. Not worried, mouth to mouth. And on the cross, Jesus did not only die to save your soul. He didn't just die so you could go to heaven. But he paid the price for our healing. He paid the price for our prosperity. He paid the price. It was literally in that moment what what Isaiah 53 says, we considered him smitten by God or rejected by God. So that the church of Jesus could dream and believe and walk in everything that God has for us. And I want us to be a church that will go face to face with people. Eye to eye with our city. Hand in hand with our city. Mouth to mouth with our city. Stretched out for our city. Tonight, there's uh, four ways that there's four ways that you can give. Uh, we could throw that up there real quick. Honestly, the easiest way and best way is to give online. Uh, it's fast. It's easy. Easy for you. Easy for us to process as well. Uh, you can also give by cash. Uh, you can give by credit card. And you can give um, by check if anybody knows what a check is. You can give by check. <laughs> I've still never written out a check to the glory of God. Never done it. But you can give by check, credit card, cash, or you can give online. I, I do want to thank you guys so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for your generosity. Um, thank you for every person in this room who is faithfully giving. Um, we're just, we're blown away by your generosity. And I just want to say thank you from the bottom of our, our heart, my heart. And I know it honors the Lord as well. So if you if you want to connect with us, begin to give tithe and offering. I just I just say, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. And um, if you're still checking us out, keep checking us out. Uh, just keep coming. We're no pressure. But um, but for every person who's faithfully given right now, thank you. It's it's absolutely moving us forward and onward into everything God is doing for us. So. Uh, you can fill that out. That's on your uh, seat. If you've never filled out an information card, there's one about every other seat. It's a black card. If you've never filled one of these out, can you please fill this out tonight? There's one on a seat around you. Please fill this out for us and drop that in the offering bucket as well. So uh, that would just help us because we want to stay connected and communicated with you as well. Next week is going to be incredible. And then the week after that, actually, one of our board members, Pastor David Hall from um, Adelaide, Australia, is going to be with us. And he's going to be speaking. He's an incredible pastor and preacher. And so we've just got a couple of awesome weeks coming up. God is doing great things. We're so honored to be on this journey with you.